0: Welcome. This is the Run Slow Carb hard, hard, hard Podcast. I am your host, the world's okayest runner, Brandon Podgorsky, and this is a podcast for the back of the pack runner. If you can't leave the Race Expo without spending $300, if you only stretch once a year, if you have ever ran a race in a banana suit, then you are our people. At Run Slow, Carb Hard, our motto is to beat the bus, wear that medal, and eat that cookie. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us on our maiden voyage here. In each episode, we will provide you with some running tips and some laughs, mostly at the expense of me, your slow but very determined host. A little bit about me, I've been running ever since I was a kid, uh, mostly as a sprinter, middle distance type of guy. I ran cross country in middle school, which... Frankly, it was no more than 1.9 miles, I think, at that point. Uh, I ran the 400 in high school because apparently I'm I'm a sadomasochist. And I played a winger on my college's rugby team. So running anything further than two miles for me really just kind of sucked. However, as I've gotten older and I've injured just about everything in my body, I realized that I can no longer afford the hospital bills. And so I ditched team sports for running later in my 20s. So over the past 15 years, I've ran three marathons, about a dozen half marathons, countless 5Ks and sprint triathlons, and one half Ironman. However, as a 6'3", 200-plus pound kid from Indiana, I'm certainly built more like a small forward than I am a runner, but I love the sport and I love the spirit of the back of the Packers. They are my type of people. So why specifically did I create This podcast? Well, I did this for a few reasons. First, I did some radio in high school and I actually started out as a sports communication major during college. And currently, I'm a professor of sport management at a small school here in Indiana, and I host a sports studies podcast, so I love talking into the mic. I feel right at home here. And quite frankly, I've got a face for radio, so this works out pretty well. Second, there are a ton of amazing endurance sports podcasts available. There's really no shortage, but I don't know if I've really found one that represents that selfie-taking, rest stop, rest station-stopping, back-of-the-pack endurance athlete like myself. I may have done a lot of races over the years, but don't get it wrong. I'm kind of a barely middle, back of the packer. For me, racing, it's about fun. It's about beating my former self. It's about accomplishing something I never thought I could accomplish. So if I've missed any podcast, any endurance sport podcast that that focuses on that back of the Packer, then I apologize. But a lot of them that I've I've encountered, they're really kind of professional runners or or they're kind of taking that running to the next level. We're certainly going to talk about stuff like that. We'll talk about some some tips and, and we'll have a theme every week. But I want this to be fun. The running community is an amazing community. The triathlon community is an amazing community. Anybody can be a part of it. And that's what I want to do with this show is bring everybody in to the community that I've fallen in love with. So just remember, whether you're a six-minute miler or a 16-minute miler, you are a runner. And this is a way for me to share my love of endurance sports with stories that only the back of the Packer can understand. And maybe you in front of the Packers can get to know why we're a little bit quirky. And then finally, I am actually using this podcast as a way to raise money for the Outward Bound Trust. See, I've got this crazy goal of running all six of the Abbott World Major Marathons. And this October, I am running the London Marathon as a charity runner for the Outward Bound Trust. I've already ran Chicago, New York, and the Berlin Marathons. So I'm halfway home, only got three more races to get that six star. So if you like what you hear in this podcast, and if I put a smile on your face, would you please consider donating to my Just Giving page and helping me support kids to learn valuable self-confidence and leadership skills? Because that's what the Outward Bound Trust is all about. It's taking kids and and maybe taking kids who have had some confidence issues in their past and putting them in the great outdoors and, and putting them in areas where they have to um, have some leadership skills, and, and have to develop some self-confidence. It's an amazing charity. It's something that's near and dear to my heart, especially as a, a former coach and now a current professor, where I get to mentor young adults Every day, so if you can join me in this, I would really appreciate it. The link for the website, it's available in the show description. So if you're looking at Spotify and you look in the show description, you can find the link to donate there. In every donation, I don't care if it's a dollar, I don't care if it's a hundred dollars, they all help. Now, however, not everybody can donate, and I understand that. And if you can't donate, it's okay. You can still help me. Just do me a favor. Follow this show on Instagram. It's at Run Slow Carb Hard, Run Slow Carb Hard, all one word on Instagram, and share our post. So 100% of the money that gets donated, it goes to the Outward Bound Trust, not to me. So again, this is more of a labor of love. This is something that I'm just going to have a fun time doing. Um, I don't expect to get rich off this because I'm not taking any money off of this. Now, if Elon Musk, if you're listening and the Twitter deal falls through and you feel like you need to buy this podcast for $42 billion, I will not stop you. You can buy this podcast, name it anything you want, make it anything about what you want to make it about, brother. Um, we will do that for you. But just all donations go right to the Outward Bound Trust. Each episode, we will feature a topic that will cover training, nutrition, health, or just general running slash endurance sport information. But if you've got a topic that you really wanna hear me talk about, just hit us up on Instagram, at runslowcarbhard, and let us know what you wanna hear. Now, a little bit more background about myself. Again, I've told you I've been an endurance athlete for about 15 years now. I was also a certified strength conditioning specialist, so I have done some um, training with endurance athletes, mostly team sports athletes, but some endurance athletes. So what I'm telling you, it's not not in uh, doctor's advice, please just take everything that I'm telling you with a grain of salt. I am not giving you any type of uh, medical information that you need to be following as though it's gospel. However, I think I do have a a background in what we're going to be talking about, especially when it comes to fitness tips. And this is a way to help, especially those novice back of the pack of runners in the Run Slow uh, Carb Hard podcast. So, One thing for you to remember, this is our show. This is not just my show. So if you let me know what you want to hear and your comment is good or humorous or it's at the expense of a Boston Marathon qualifier, then maybe you can join this show as a virtual co-host in the future. Again, this is our show. I am up for anything. Hit me up on Instagram at car at Run Slow, Carb Hard, it's gonna take me a while. Run Slow, Carb Hard, and let's see what happens. So today's topic is, yes, you can, you, I'm looking, if you're on our Instagram and you're checking out this video, I'm looking right at you, you can run 13.1 miles. And I've heard it countless times, there's no way I can run a half marathon. Uh, Yes, back of the packer, yes, you can. You only need three basic things, and we're gonna talk about each one. One, you need a training program. Two, you need good shoes and um, and good running clothes. And three, you just need the belief that you will finish. Okay, so let's walk through this. First, I told you, you need a good training program and you could go online, uh, certainly runner's world has some, some good training programs and you can find something that fits your needs. I think a lot of training programs that you're going to find are going to be about that 16 week, uh, in, in length type of program. And, And that's fine. 16 weeks, uh, is a fine number for your training program. However, If you're a beginner, or if you've never ran a race longer than a 5K, 3.1 miles, I would highly suggest you do a 20-week program. So let's say you go on to Runner's World, and you get their 16-week program to run 13.1, and this is for beginners. What I would do, take that program, it's a great program, but build in four weeks at the beginning and get your body ready for higher mileage, right? Because once you start that 16-week program, those programs usually are based on the fact that you have a little bit of training base already done. So I, you know, if you can run that 5K, that 3.1 miles, you could probably go right into that 16-week program. If not, let's take four weeks and let's progressively get ready to train at a little bit higher intensity. So for that first four weeks, Maybe you're just doing some intervals, especially if it's like you're just getting off the couch and, and you've never been a runner before. You know, maybe we're doing um, running intervals of, uh, of 90 seconds with walking for three minutes, right? And then progressively, we're going to start to run a little bit more and then walk a little bit less. Remember, It doesn't matter if you're a six minute miler or a 16 minute miler, you're still a runner. If you have to walk and you have to catch your breath and and you've gotta just progressively get a little bit better every day, you are still a runner and don't forget that. So again, I like the 16 week program. I think that's fine if you're a beginner or if you're coming from a really, really long layoff, I would probably stretch it out to 20 weeks. Now, what are we looking for in this training program? We should be looking for a few things. One, there should be running, obviously, because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to run a half marathon. Two, there should be some cross training. Maybe that's strength training. Um, it's something that I like to do as a very novice triathlete. I also like to swim and I also like to bike. Let's get the body doing something else that helps kind of to prevent uh, repetitive Use injuries, and it also just kind of gives us something different to look forward to because it can get boring being out there on the road all the time running. Um, So, we want running, we should be running three to four days a week. We should have some cross training in there, and I would also want to see some stretching in there. Um, And stretching can coincide with rest days. So, we're running, cross training, rest days. Slash stretching. And there's a lot of different schools of thought on stretching as we think about static stretching where, you know, we're like doing the toe touches or, you know, we're trying to um, we're we're stretching our quads by bringing our, our heel up to our butt. And we're holding that in place for for 15 or 20 seconds. Um, kind of the the new kind of modern research on stretching is that type of static stretching. It's best for after your runs or your off days. Before your run, you want to get a really good dynamic warm up. And when we say dynamic, that means with movement. We want to get the core body temperature up. We want to get the muscles loose. So doing some things like some really light jogging, maybe some, um, some butt kickers, maybe some leg swings, right? Some arm circles, get the body moving for about 10 minutes before we just rush in. And that's a big thing with us back at the Packers. We don't like to stretch. We don't like to warm up. We like to get out of our car. I got 50 minutes to get this run done, and then I got to go home and I got to cook dinner, and you know, I get to get kids to bed, and and so on and so forth. But I really doing that warm up, it's going to make a ton of difference with your training. The other thing that we want to see in this training program is that it's going to get progressively. Um, tougher over time, or we're going to do a little bit more volume over time. Maybe the intensity, maybe we're not going to get necessarily faster, but we're going to run a little bit further or a little bit more for time. And usually the, the rule of thumb, we want to kind of pay attention to time than we do more so our miles, but we're going to run a little bit longer every every week. And again, just another good rule of thumb, if you've never heard it, um, is to increase your mileage by 5 to 10% per week. Now, again, I'm talking to you back at the Packers, 5% is a real comfortable spot for me. And so if we've got a 20-week training program and a half marathon, that's the goal at the end. And maybe, yeah, we'll say two weeks before we kind of want to be at at least 10 miles at, at the very least, um, if not a little bit farther, um, that 5% over 20 weeks, we're, we're going to hit it. So Again, when you push too hard, too fast, that's when injuries come into play. I'm telling you, Rome was not built in a day. You will get progressively faster. You will be able to run progressively longer. It just takes your body some time. And this is the beautiful thing about working with beginners is that your kind of training curve, if you want to call it a learning curve, it's so much steeper than those professionals. So think about it, if I'm working with the best, Uh, professional marathon runner in the world. Uh, They're gonna run the marathon somewhere in the neighborhood of about two hours and 40 seconds, right? I can train them as hard as I possibly can train them, but I'm only gonna be able to bring them down a few more seconds, right? They are at the peak of human performance when it comes to the marathon. However, if I've got a beginner who's a six hour marathon runner, right? Which is a, a pretty slow marathon runner and I'm and I train them we are going to see them improve by leaps and bounds over time you know over a year two years three years they're just going to continue to get progressively faster if they stick with it right so the learning curve or that training curve for a beginner, it's a lot steeper. You are going to see results a little bit faster than maybe your more um, trained friends who, who've been runners. So just stick with it. But you do need a training program. Don't just go out and run mileage for the sake of running mileage. We want to be strategic about this. You know, on this day, what is it that we want to accomplish? Keep a journal. Now, it's become really, really easy now that we've got GPS watches, Apple watches. um, We've got data that we can keep on us with our phone that will record all that. If you want to use the RunKeeper app, that's fantastic. Whatever you want to do. However, you should keep a log, and you should be able to see how you're progressing week by week. And listen, everybody has a bad week. Everybody misses a, a training run. It's okay. Missing one run, Missing one training session is not going to kill your progress. We just don't want to miss a week or two weeks. Okay, so do not beat yourself up because life happens. That's the beautiful thing about being a back of the packer is that we're not professionals. We're just out there giving it our all, doing our best. And we're trying to accomplish something in ourselves that we never thought we would accomplish before. And in a story on that, um, I had a a cousin of mine who's a a really pretty strong half marathon runner. And he did his first marathon uh, this past fall, and his time, based on his half marathon time, was pretty slow. Now, I, I'll be honest. I'm a slow marathoner. I am not a very fast marathoner. In the half marathon, you know, I can I can run in a decent clip, but in the marathon, whew, we uh, mile 16 or 18 comes, and and my body just starts breaking down. So I really have to gut it through. So if I'm a five hour 20 minute marathoner, I was shocked when he was just a little bit faster than I was because usually in the half, you know, he's beating me by, you know, 10, 11, 12 minutes. Um, but we talked about it and, and we said, you know, it's really cool, the pros that run the marathon and that they can run it in almost two hours. It's just a remarkable human uh, achievement. If you think about the, uh, the first modern Olympics in 1896, the marathon was run in just under three hours. So now we're running it in, in just over two. Um, I said, but boy, wouldn't it be nice to have an award For the rest of us who have kids, have full-time jobs, only get one long training run a month, um, that's who we really need to be rewarding. So um, just know you're going to miss some days. It's okay. Get right back up on the horse and keep at it. So you need a good training program. Number two, you need good equipment. Do not skimp on the running shoes. And now there are tons of different running shoes That You can purchase my best advice for you, especially if you're a beginner or or that back, the the pack runner who walks into a a shoe store and doesn't know what to pick is stay away from the sporting goods stores. It doesn't mean that they don't have good people working there. They do. However, you know, the attention and the knowledge that you will receive going into a running store is so much better than what you're going to get at just a general department store or just a general sporting goods store, but you need a good pair of running shoes that work for you. So for myself, uh, I used to get pretty bad shin splints and I overpronate a little bit. So I need a pretty neutral shoe, a shoe that's got some cushioning and in a shoe that's really, really solid, that doesn't have a lot of play in it because I've got to worry about my shins and I got to worry about my knees and, and my hips. It's just how I'm built, right? Where your professional marathon runners can have a lighter shoe or a little bit more flexible shoe because they don't have necessarily maybe the problems that I do. So everybody is different. Everybody is unique. Go to that running shoe store, get on a treadmill, let them look at your stride and they're going to fit you with the perfect shoe. And this is the same thing. If you're a walker or you're a a walk runner, you do intervals, you need a shoe that fits your body. It is going to make your training so much better. It's going to reduce your pain um, and it's going to make the race a whole lot more fun. If you've got a shoe that's built for you and listen, what your buddy wears, isn't necessarily the thing that needs to be right for you. You know, just because your buddy says, oh, I got the the Nike, uh, the Nike Zero Zoom Pegasus. It's the greatest shoe in the world. OK, yeah, that's great for your buddy. Go find a shoe that works for you. So that's one. And, and listen, you're going to drop some coin on that. Um, it's going to be, you know, I, I think I just bought a new running shoes a few months ago. I changed brands. I'm usually kind of a Brooks guy, but now I've tried the, the, Hoka, the Hoka Pegasus and I uh, really, really like it. Probably the most cushiony shoe I've ever used. Um, and it was $150. Again, that's a lot of money, but I'm telling you, if you want to be serious about this and if you want to reduce pain and if you want to have the most pleasure in running a half marathon, go spend that money. Also, you need good running clothes, this is important. Um, let's start with, with guys. Uh, guys, you're going to be wearing running shorts. It needs to have a, a liner in there. It's going to kind of keep everything nice and, and protected. Um, it's also going to help reduce some chafing. So maybe also getting some, some body glide putting that on your thighs because you would be shocked. There's a big difference in doing a three-mile training run and then all of a sudden going out and doing your 13-mile race on what starts to chafe and what starts to rub, and you want to make sure that you're taking precautions uh, for that. Same thing with ladies, something that's specific for you, getting a good fitting sports bra. And again, sports bra, not one size fits all. You need to find one with a brand and a size that fits you, that gives you the most support as well. So those are um, two things as well. Good equipment. You need. You should get moisture wicking equipment. So think of like um, along the lines of Under Armour. When you're sweat, it's taking the, the, the moisture away from your body. Do not wear cotton. Especially guys, do not wear cotton shirts. And be careful where you uh, pin your bib, and especially if you're wearing a cotton shirt, because it's going to rub up against your chest, and you're going to get nipple chafing, you're going to get nipple bleeding, and not only is it extraordinarily painful, but it's pretty extraordinarily extraordinarily embarrassing as well. Um, So moisture-wicking clothes, Running specific clothes, um, good moisture wicking socks, uh, and then um, getting good running shoes. So, we want good equipment. So, just know going into it, you know, with your clothes, with the shoes, it may be a 200 $250 investment, but we want you to enjoy this. The worst thing in the world is to run your first half marathon not be prepared, not be ready, not be trained, not have the proper equipment, and just be miserable and you never do it again. If you're trained and you've got the proper equipment, it's actually a lot of fun. And then the third thing, you need to have the belief that you will finish. There comes a time in in all of our training where, frankly, it just sucks and you just start to to doubt yourself that, yeah, this is going to happen. I'm actually going to be able to do this. Um, but you got to push through it. And that's why keeping that diary, that training journal, is so important because you can see your progress over time. So just know you will finish. And this is the reason why, as I was thinking about the topic for this show, why I chose the half marathon and not necessarily the marathon. I'm not 100% convinced that everybody can do a marathon. A marathon is extraordinarily difficult. The training takes a lot of time, especially for us back of the Packers. But the half marathon is something that I've seen all different shapes, all different types, all different ages be able to finish. And now that's not to say half marathon's easy. It isn't. It is not an easy race. About mile 10, you know, to to quote an old Bill Cosby joke, The bear is waiting for you with the couch and refrigerator, and it says, carry this, right? Those last three miles. Um, So the half marathon is not an easy race. But at the same time, um, you hardly see anybody finish a half marathon and think, oh, boy, I want to do that again right now. And um, which that's what the marathon is. So the half marathon, it's a, it's a great achievement. It's a really, really tough race, um, but it's one that I feel is accessible. It's the first long race I ever did. Um, when I did it, I didn't really train for it. I was in my you know mid to late 20s, so I could roll out of bed and just feel great. And yeah, let me just go and I'll do it. And uh, I ended up walk running it and I felt horrible afterwards. The next year, I actually trained and had a much better experience. So, um, again, got to have that good training program. But just know you will finish. And here's the great thing about races in this endurance sport community. If you've got people who are going to support you, Um, you've got entertainment along the way. You've got rest stations. There's been studies that show that people run about 15% faster in the race than they do in their training. So just know, you know, training, usually we, we roll up to the parking lot and then just hit the trail, try to get it done in the allotted time that we have, and then that's it. We don't think about necessarily our hydration, our nutrition, um, support along the way. You know, hopefully our headphones work. If they don't, then all of a sudden now you want to go home. Um, but there's so many elements in race day that's exciting and just rolling up and and getting in that corral and feeling the the positive energy uh, of your fellow runners and of the crowd. It just gets you jacked and it just gets you going. So don't mistake the pain of training for just the the jubilation of race day. And listen, if you need to walk, you walk, but you have fun and you prove to yourself that you can do this, and that's what endurance sports are about. There are some of us who are professionals, not myself, but there's some people who are professionals who are going to win money in this. 99.9% of people, we're just weekend warriors, and we just want to do something that keeps us in shape, and it also um, proved to ourselves that we can do hard things. All right, it is time for the question of the week. So I am going to do this every week. I am going to post a question on our Instagram page at run slow carb hard, and I'm going to read your responses on the air. So again, this is our podcast. This is not just my podcast. So this is the interactive part of the show. So what I need you to do right now, as you're listening to this, keep this on, on your phone, but pull up Instagram, follow us at run slow carb hard and about the beginning of every week, I'll put a question of the week, and we will try to get through as many answers as possible. So the more ridiculous your answer, the better chance it has of being read on the show. I like ridiculous. I like funny. And so today's question that I came up with was, if you had to wear one piece of clothing from your past races, how many days could you go before you run out of something to wear? Now, um, I got married a little bit later in life when I was 36. And at that time, I had a ton of, of race T-shirts and hats and jackets. Um, and so we needed to make some room, you know, obviously for, for my wife's clothes. So I took trash bags full of stuff to Goodwill. But uh, at current count, I think I could get through about three weeks wearing um, something different. If you saw our video on Instagram uh, of this show, and this shirt that I'm wearing today this is the Michael Trinan turkey Trot this is a 5k in Noblesville Indiana on Thanksgiving morning it's in memory of a of a young man who who, who died um, far too soon named, named Michael Trinan from uh, Noblesville High School and it raises money for a foundation in his name, um, but it's a great turkey trot. It's a 5K. It's a challenging course. It's a pretty hilly course, um, but it's a really great turkey trot. There's a there's good one. The the big one in Indianapolis is the Drumstick Dash. There's about 20,000 people that do it. It's kind of in the center of the city in a place called Broad Ripple in, in a village there. It's where all the bars and in, in clubs are, um, and that's a great one, and that raises money for Wheeler Mission, and it's, an, it's, it's a, a great Um, it's a great charity and it's one that you know if you're in central Indiana for Thanksgiving you should check out but um, I I like Michael Trinan Turkey Trot personally it's a little bit smaller Noblesville downtown it's a it's a real kind of a homey Midwest downtown type of feel Um, so that's what I'm wearing but I think I could get through three weeks of wearing um, gear from races that I've done before in the past. All right, and just like a six-hour marathon, this long and slow march known as the Run Slow, Carb Hard Show is over. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, or even if you didn't, hey, please be sure to listen to our show on Spotify. Um, It's a great platform for podcasts, and it helps us raise money for the Outward Bound Trust. The more listens that we can get on Spotify, the more ad revenue we can get, and the more that I can give to the Outward Bound Trust. I have a goal to raise $3,000 for the Outward Bound Trust, um, about $2,700 away. We've got till October 1st to do this, so the more listens and the more that you share, the more I'm able to help kids. To learn more about the Run Slow Carb Hard podcast, give us a follow on Instagram at Run Slow Carb Hard. This podcast is part of my fundraising effort for the Outward Bound Trust as one of their charity runners for the 2022 London Marathon. To donate, please visit the link in the show's description. And remember with God and a good pair of running shoes, all things are possible.